Coming up during this episode of the My Second Act podcast, it's a round of You Can't Beat Jack, a 20-second pop culture trivia showdown. Current records, 0-1. We'll see if Paula Holler from West North Carolina can take me down. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to My Second Act. I'm Preston Thompson. I'm the producer of the My Second Act podcast, a University of Alabama graduate and the show's resident millennial. God, love it. PT. I love that energy. Okay, my name is Dawn and I'm Caddy's wife. Um, okay, so uh, Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux, as you know, were married for a while. Is he the Canadian prime minister? No, that's... Is that not him? That's Justin Trudeau. Trudeau. You were so close, though. Who's also uh, very hot, let me just say. He's a a hot prime minister. No comment. Yeah, hot prime minister compared to those crudgety ones over like in Britain and stuff. But anyway. Angela um, Merkel. Oh, yeah. Anyway. um, So they were married. And as you know, they got divorced. And he had a birthday yesterday. And she posted on her Instagram a shirtless photo of him and, you know, put on put this um statement on there that he's one, he was one of a kind and you know happy birthday to one of a kind it was like a very sweet post and it made me think like do you keep up with your exes I'm not just talking about ex-wives I mean just exes in general and like are you the type who when you leave a relationship are you do you go out like guns blazing and you never want to see the person again or do you remain friends with your exes are, are you asking me or well, who the hell would I be asking oh um... I mean there's, we're here. At, at what point in your life, though? Ever. Ever? I, high school? Okay. Yes. 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 Ever. Uh, Tina Townsend. Okay. Uh, who, who graduated with Paula Holler and I, uh, who's coming up with You Can't Be Jack in segment three. Uh, Tina was my first love. And we went back and forth uh, probably within the past two weeks. Just to, uh, Okay. Uh, now, is there something I need to know? Of course not. Okay. Like no. you'll be on Oprah? No, not at all. But it, she sees me on Facebook. I see her on Facebook. And there's every now and then a, a, a very pleasant exchange. She listens to the podcast every single episode. And we're so thankful for that. Uh, so, yeah, Lisa Manis, who was my fourth grade girlfriend. Also, uh, I mean, I don't know what we do, Donna, without my girlfriends from high school. I mean, seriously. downloads on this damn thing, on this podcast. Uh, Lisa Manis was the first girl I ever kissed in fourth grade. Um, we occasionally will message back and forth. She was in North Carolina. She lives in upstate New York, I think. She was in North Carolina about two, three weeks ago. Um, and uh, let's see. But then not your ex-wife. Interesting. Uh, the no. person you spent, yeah, like no. you had a child. Hell no. the most. Well, so for me, same thing. I um, I, I do keep up with, um, I keep up with my most of my exes, like through again, through Facebook. Right. Well, not one of them, but definitely. But yes, Dan, one of them, I do. And interestingly enough, I guess he heard from somebody or maybe I posted somewhere that Olivia, sorry, I have an itch. Olivia was going to go and um, visit Tulane and he graduated from Tulane Law. Because you used to make that trip every weekend. Yeah. So he went to Boston University undergrad and then he went to Tulane Law and he reached out to me and said, I am happy to write a recommendation. Now, difficult because he's never met Olivia but he said you know I, I, I will at least write her something you know from an alumni and that I know you and I know the family and everything and I'm thinking what's that what's that letter going to be like like you know, have me, you never met her or? me and her well just about us like my ex-wife we used to like sleep that I mean what would it be like I don't Why even would that know. make the letter I don't know because you have to tell how you know the people or the family you know you what I'm married. saying okay 
I think. What do you Why think? is that strange? I think it's odd. PT, what do you think? No, I don't odd. think it's strange at all. I think people people get married odd. two, three, four, five times now. <laughs> I don't think it's as uncommon as you're probably thinking it is. I'm sure okay. that happens all the time. Okay. How often do you and Dan communicate? Not often. I mean, like he's got he has twins, and I. Where, where's I, he live? He lives in Brookhaven. I think it's Here great. In Atlanta. Yes, I think it's great when, especially like with an ex-spouse. Let me say this: when, and we can go into the story in a whole other podcast because it's fascinating, you know. But when you break up, and not because you're miserable and you hate each other, it's just life. Life dealt different cards. Let mm-hmm. me just say that in this case, and I think it's great when you can like see people's. Um, lives after that and they've had kids and they're you know happy and they've moved on I think that's a good thing like it makes me feel good you know it makes me I don't know how to explain it it's kind of like you know the last thing I think people want when you like break up with someone is that they never move on and they're horrible and they're pining away after someone either way so I think it's good like and, and going back to the Jennifer Aniston thing I respect the fact that like her and Brad Pitt earlier in the year when they they obviously didn't stay in touch but when they I saw each other in a, yeah and, a, and it's a, not like oh show. my god we're gonna get back together although that clearly happens like with Jennifer Lopez and do, do you think it's odd that she would post a shirtless photograph of her ex-husband it wasn't birthday? like a thirst trap photo it was like it was like, I don't know how to explain it. It was him kind of like in an action type shot. Because, I mean, he's very outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. Rides a bike. He's very kind of gritty, tattoo-y, New York-y. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like that. But I just think, no. And that's what I love about it is it wasn't, oh, my gosh, we're getting back together. It, it was just a kind post. And I think that's interesting. I think sometimes people try to make so much into things. Like when people still talk to someone or they're nice to someone, just because someone's not in your life anymore doesn't mean that you have to hate them and never talk to them. But there are those examples. Of course. More so than the description you have of, of you and Dan and, and, and other people, where it's just, it's impossible to say a good word about the person at all. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not I saying have, that's good I, no, or bad. I mean, it's bad. That's bad, Kelly. No, and I have one of those from high school. Who? I'm not going to go into it. But it was just like, because the person uh, took so much from me, like, in general, it's like, I can't. It's not like I'm holding a grudge. It's not that. I just, like, this person has reached out just to be nice and say hello or whatever on Facebook before. And I just, I will not even go there. Because I'm just like, that chapter's closed. You know, I have talked a lot about my friend Sandy Bennett, who passed of, of cancer uh, in the past week or two. She was married to Wes, and they had three kids. And I grew up in a broken family where there was just a lot of hollering and yelling and fighting. And when my parents got divorced, I was in second, third grade, I believe. They didn't speak for 15 years. I mean, did not say a word to each at other all. at all. No. And yeah. it was, we were the messenger for the check. Ask your dad where my check is. Tell your mom the ch- I don't have the check. And you become, it's just a, it was, uh, it was toxic. Not, it was in, in, in a lot of different ways, Don. When I was introduced to Sandy, when I got here in Atlanta, when I was 19 years old, and then introduced to her ex-husband, Wes, and then Wes's new wife, Kim, and the three of them, and, and say Sandy's boyfriend, would go on vacation. They would have Thanksgiving dinner together. And I, I, I could not process that, that there were people that were in marriages that wound up being good friends and okay with one another. And Wes and Sandy always 
everything that they did post-marriage was for the kids, was for Heidi, Shane, and Matt, their three kids. And I've discovered when just a lot of emotions with Sandy's passing and, you know, seeing all of the family and, um, I've come to realize, Donna, that the reason that I gravitated so much towards the Bennetts was because that's what I wanted. That's what you craved. That's what I, I, that's what I I wanted my parents to have that same relationship rather than the crappy, toxic, great word, toxic relationship that they had. Now, when Will was born, Will's our 22 year old son, when he was born in 99, Mm -hmm. um, my parents put down their swords. But interestingly enough, it really, it started happening because I wasn't in, I was, we were just friends at that time. We were married to different people, obviously, but it started happening in the, um, in the hospital room when, when Will was born, because that was the first time they had been in a room together. But right. it really, when they started talking and it mixed and mingled, I'll never forget this is when he, y'all did that birthday party for him kind of like at the zoo and it was the per- first big public outing birthday party. And up until then they sort of passed, but that was when they really interacted, had a conversation, had a conversation. And I will say this, like they had a very, very contentious divorce, yes. your mom and dad. But the thing that I admire about uh, your dad specifically is that he has, he has reached out many times you know, to help your mom after you had your heart attack, he drove your mom, your mom couldn't get down here. And he went and picked up your mom and brought her down here. And they stayed in our house. I mean, which they'd done before, but stayed in our house together. And yeah, I mean, it was it just like, it's at some point, you have to kind of put those swords down. Hopefully it doesn't take you that long. Yeah. Do you remember when my sister got married? Yes. And we were at the reception and I look on the dance floor and how, six, seven years ago, maybe I don't, I, maybe longer than that. I don't know how long she's been married. And I look on the dance floor, and my mother and my father are dancing, slow dancing, slow dancing. On it the dance blew, floor. it blew our kids away. I'll never forget Charlotte. You know, she was some of the best pictures. We'll have, we have to include that one of Charlotte and your dad dancing. I mean, they're just it's the cutest picture ever in this week's letter. But you know, I remember Charlotte coming over to me and being like, Grammy and granddaddy are together on the dance floor. So it made it, you know, again, little things like that make big impressions. I just want to read this one thing. Beth Moore, she's a great uh, Christian writer. She, she wrote this the other day and I thought this is so true. And it's kind of what we're talking about. Nothing is more unforgiving than unforgiveness. It prematurely ages, makes us sick, sore, mean-spirited, and self-absorbed, makes us unpleasant to be around, our bodies turn into vessels of bottled up bitterness spewing on everybody. Forgiveness does everybody around us a favor. So you have to forgive. But at the end of the day, because I think some people have a really hard time with forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't mean doing it over and over and over again. There's a difference between forgiving someone and then being taken advantage of. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you can forgive, but that doesn't give the person a pass to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Cause I know some people have a hard time with forgiveness. That's probably one of the biggest challenges I think people have a hard time with, but it's true. It, it ages you, makes you angry and bitter, you know, mm-hmm. to, to carry all that around. So mm-hmm. there's the little life lesson all today. Right. That was nice. Yeah. All right. Um, as promised, we're going to start, uh, the content of the My Second Act podcast, this particular episode, Donna's going to pick up with notes that she had after uh, watching Luke Bryan's My Dirt Road Diary on IMDb TV. 
All right. And there are five episodes right on? Yeah. Five right, hang on. I have a little stinger for I you. I know. I love I have, this. I have, I have an pro- intro. It's a production element. Dang it. Okay. My dad told me, please go follow your dreams. How I wrote my dirt road diary. And take it. Okay, here we go. Well, I think by now, probably everyone who wanted to watch it has watched it. But everybody's been reaching out to me and saying, oh my gosh, this, I felt the exact same way when I watched it, just about Luke in general. Um, so I think we kind of left off. But he, um, he got a publishing deal when he moved to Tennessee, um, to Nashville. Didn't know that about him. You know, he was a songwriter. He was signed first to a publishing deal before we signed a recording deal. And Carrie Edwards, who became his de facto manager, um, was the one who would shop songs around. So she would take the songs that people wrote. She was the, the, the person that went to the different labels and explained how that works. They, they basically take the songs out and, and pitch, pitch them. them. Yeah. yeah. So they're pitching them. The songwriters often don't get to pitch the songs. They have someone, a representative, who's basically a salesperson. There's a word for it. There's a, I know. I, I can't I, think I'll of the name of it. I'll Google it in a minute. Um, Trudy's yelling that word right yeah. now while she's listening. But yeah, you basically used to go down Music Row, yep. um, which used to be every label in Nashville just on a street and, you know, pitch songs. Hey, this is a great song. It, it didn't matter who wrote it. Now it would matter who wrote it. It does. And and they always knew, they being the labels and the publishing houses, they always knew when a batch of songs was going to be produced by a particular songwriter who had a history of hits because that's the batch you, want you wanted it. to dig through first. Yeah. And then if you heard a song that you like, and you've heard us talk about this before, you put it on hold, meaning you, you, you're, you're claiming it as your yeah. own. And then I don't think there's a rule necessarily as to how long you can hold a song. But basically you're saying, I'm going to record that song and no one else can touch it. Yeah. And like for now, it would be who you guys interviewed the other day. It'd be a Corey Crowder Corey song. Crowder, It'd be a yeah. sh- anything with the, that Shane McAnally writes or touches people want Nicole Galleon is another one the problem is like people like Shane McAnally they've gotten to where they camp out he's camped out with Old Dominion you know um so Luke had his own basically a producer and writer that wrote with him Carrie too Carrie with an I to my knowledge Carrie never managed she didn't she's been with Luke since day one and only Luke well and Cole 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 Swindell yeah she ended up opening up her own firm but I mean Originally, she, um, she, you know, she took it on to be his manager. She had no experience. And, you know, one thing he said I thought was great um, is people came to him and said, are you sure you want to work, number one, with a woman? And are you sure, number two, you want to work with someone who hasn't managed anyone before? And the one thing he said I thought was great is he said, I'm very loyal. And she had proven me right. You know, she pitched songs and got him going. And then she got in with Mike Dungan. Um, at Capitol and got him a deal. And the interesting thing about that was they they didn't want him to record right away. Normally when you sign an artist, you want to get in the studio and get an album going, but they didn't do that with Luke. Mike was very clear that he wanted to develop him. So it goes on and on. Not going to break it down all the way, but the, you know, I want you to tell the great Mama LeClaire story because I thought that was great. But, you know, a couple things that happened after that that really struck me were his sister Kelly had come to, when he got inducted, when he was on the Grand Old Opry stage, that was the last night they saw each other um, again, such a huge country music fan. Remember, he had lost his brother. He, She passed away. Um, uh, very unexpectedly. Very unexpectedly. Um, they still don't really 100% know why. Um, and then her husband, who was basically another brother to Luke, because they had been dating, him and his sister had been dating since Luke was probably 10 years old, passed away from a heart attack. I mean, imagine this. Yeah. And he was like another son to, to Luke's mom, LeClaire. So... The best part of the story, and I think when it really gets good, is the fact that they took three kids in on top of their two. And Luke was very clear, you know, in the documentary that Caroline took that on. 
because he was traveling. He was out on the road. You know, imagine that you're out on the road and this happens. And and again, they're family, but this isn't Caroline's family. And you're going to have to take in three teenagers, three teenagers. And they've done an amazing job, sent them to college, just, you know, done the right thing. It was Mike, great. Mike Monaco. In the first episode, there is a scene with Luke and he is actually he, he's on our morning show. He's at the, the former Kicks 115 Studios. And it was me and a former co-host. And and you can hear her cackling in the background. But it's just uh, uh, Luke, a, a voiceover, a, you know, a, a sound piece from Luke. Mike Monaco, the videographer, has been on the road with Luke for, for how long? Ten years. And Luke was really one of the first with Michael Monaco. Now every artist has a, a videographer Absolutely. that goes out with them in every genre of music to capture everything on tour. And then they post really cool videos of the weekend on social media to get you all hyped up for when they come to your town. But Luke in the country format was the the, the artist that kind of, you know, started this with Mike. Yeah, and no, he's he, getting ready to retire. He's got, Well, he's a young guy. Um, His wife, Taylor, like I said, is a social media influencer. They have one daughter. They're getting ready to have another baby. Mike is, if you watch, if, if you follow anything with Luke, you see Mike all the time. He's always in there. And him and Luke are incredibly close. And I, I said to you, Mike lost his twin brother to suicide. Um, and he said, this was not in the documentary, but this is separate. He said that Luke was such an important person for him to lean on during that time. And I said to you, Luke's a good guy um, because you don't spend 10 years on the road with someone documenting their life and then come out of that experience and be like, you know what, this was the most amazing time I had if they're not. Because in order to document your life and be that transparent, you have to be who you are, you know. And you and I know that there are some artists who will go unnamed or groups that have some sketchy stuff going on in the background. I mean, listen, everybody does. We can call them out. No. It's a threesome. Okay. And they have plenty of them backstage. Stop, stop, stop. But I'm just saying, like, you know, he walked away from this project just saying, you know, he's a good guy. Luke references a second cousin in one of the episodes uh, from the Kinchifuni Cowboys. And it's Glenn, who is the, uh, I think he's the lead singer. And and Glenn grew up in, in Albany. You know how you say it? Albany. In, in Leesburg, Georgia. Um, and they were second cousins. Kinchifuni Cowboys. I remember when I first got to Atlanta. The Teaks from Georgia Tech reached out because they knew that I was a Teak from Western Carolina. And they would have the Kinchifuni Cowboys play at their house like three times a month. In the front yard or And wherever. then they would travel the Mama's Country Showcase and watch them. And I got introduced to the Kinchifuni Cowboys. I don't know what they're doing now, but they used to just put on a great show and have some great original music too. But Glenn, the lead singer, was Luke's second cousin. That's who he was. He, he doesn't call Glenn out, uh, but that's who he's referring to. Live on the Lot is um, a promotion that we used to do with a huge automotive sponsor that, that Don and I worked with for years. And it's where they would bring new artists to the dealership and they would throw a concert. Right, Donna? That's right. And um, we're upstairs, like in the, the modified green room. Well, it was, it was Luke. It was it was Ron Harris's office okay. who ran the dealership. So they had like some Hooters wings and some Hooters girls and you know, celery sticks and things like that. And probably some cold beer, too. So Luke was up there and Ron Harris, who was the uh, GM at the time, was like, it was me, you, Luke and Ron. And they had like this plate of wings and they were like, Ron was like, you want some Hooters girls come up, hang out? And and Luke was like, no. I mean, he was married. He's like, no, I want to wash my jeans. That's what I really want. He's like, I haven't washed my jeans in three days. And he was just so funny, so Southern. And then 
Ron Harris Ron says. Ron Harris says. Those jeans he wears are like the Holiday Inn. There's no ballroom. Is that an original Ron Harris joke? I don't know that that is. Had, had you heard that before? I've never heard that before. <laughs> no. Maybe I it love is it, a, though. Maybe yeah. it is an original he Ron Harris joke. He actually said it's, God, there, God it's, rest it's small and it's Ron small Harris. and there's no ballroom. Yeah, no ballroom. You and I died laughing. I think Luke laughed too. I mean, it was hilarious. But great guy. I know we spent a lot of time on him this week, but I think it's a great story for country music. And I think that it's another example of like, Sometimes you don't know what artists have gone through or how much, you know, how much work they've put into their schedule, you know, like, or just into their career. There was a lot that came out of this that I really did not know. And I thought Mike Monaco did a great job with this. IMDB TV is where you're going to find it. And you go through Amazon, Don, is that right? Amazon yeah, streaming. go to Amazon and then go to channels and then you'll find IMDB TV and you can pull it up. Five episodes, my Dirt Road Diary. Uh, I'll, I'll save the Mona Leclerc story for next episode. Hang on, I need your production piece coming out. You ready? I'm ready. My dad told me, please go follow your dream. How I wrote my dirt road diary. All right, moving on. Love it. Cover of the New York Post is a picture of Andrew Cuomo. And the, head, the Post gets the best headlines. I love their headlines. At the end of his grope. Mm. G-R-O-P-E, grope. Mm. Not mm. rope, mm. grope. Uh, Cuomo is the third New York governor in a row to be forced out of office because of a scandal. His resignation will take effect in, in, in 14 days. Um, I have a clip from his presser announcing it. He, he waited 11 minutes into this press conference to let the world know that he was actually resigning because you know Biden had called him to do it. A lot of people had. Um, but he waited 11 minutes into this press conference. Until he Isn't that interesting? Said, he waited 11 minutes and there's 11 women. He likes that number 11. The 11 women who, who have accused him of, yeah. of sexual harassment. harassment. All right, this is uh, Cuomo. Wasting energy on distractions is the last thing that state government should be doing. And I cannot be the cause of that. And I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do. Because I work for you and Such doing the right thing is doing the right thing for you because as we say it's not about me it's about we kathy hochel my lieutenant governor she can come up to speed quickly and my quickly. resignation will be effective in 14 days and he's out this is the most ridiculous con- this is the most ridiculous statement it's like he somehow flipped it where he's helping the people like he admits no wrongdoing, but he's like, I'm doing this for the people. We don't need we don't need the government. You know, we don't need this involvement. We don't need this distraction. I mean, what on earth? Andrew Cuomo is a dom, D-O-M. And that stands for dirty old mule. Okay? Yes. Donna, you had a radio client whose oh. dad was yeah. a dom. And I've had, so yeah, I've when, had a few. When you would go to this dealership and try to sell them ad, radio airtime, Daddy would show up and he'd press against you Ugh. in the corner office. Okay, no, he didn't. Uh, well, ooh, okay, I just heard that. That creeped me out. No, that's not what he would do. It was more of like an extra reach around. You know, like when you go to hug someone and they linger a little too long and they reach around a little bit more and you're like, okay, wait, what are you? What is going on here? He did not press me in a okay. corner of the well, office. I, okay, maybe that, okay, sorry. Yes, that's like some dirty novel. That didn't happen. Do you get a pass 
when you're super old and, and you're cute, maybe you have some hair growing out of your ears, um, and, and it, you know, people pat you on the head because you're 85, do you get a pass? No. No. Can you linger longer in your 80s and it not be questioned? No. No. Because here's the thing. If you're a linger longer in your 80s, you are a linger longer in your 40s. So it's almost like you've been doing this behavior for a while. And so, you know, you don't get a pass just because you're old and cute. And have hair growing out of your ears. Like if you're in a wheelchair and you're 100, okay. And someone, you get a pass? Do you? I don't know. Like, do you get a pass if like a nurse comes in and she bends over stop. to tie your shoes? No, I don't stop. think so. Well, no, we're talking about, no, I don't think that you get a pass. I think harassment is harassment. And I think that, you know, and so I, let me tell you what I did. Mm-hmm. I, I told his son, I said, your dad's inappropriate on every level. And, you know, I'll call on you, but I'm not going to call on him. And you know what he said? Oh, he's just like that. He's an old man. He's just old and harm, old and harmless, <laughs> old and harmless. Like one of those dogs that doesn't have teeth. They're old and harmless. Okay. Well, I still don't want that dog jumping on me. You know what I mean? A dirty old mule, a dom. He's a dom. All right. We're going to pull in PT, the producer of the My Second Act podcast. PT. He run, is not a dom. Not that we know of. No. Thank you for that clarification. Um, PT runs in some pretty big political circles. And so I, I think it's always, whether it's conversations here at the app and podcast network, you know, off air or during the podcast, I like to pull you in when we talk politics, which is not often, by the way. But what we do on this podcast is we, we talk about what everybody's talking about. And it could be a country artist like Luke Bryan. Everybody's talking about Luke Bryan. Uh, it could be Andrew Cuomo resigning. Uh, what else are we talking about today? But, you know, we, we talk about things that you're already talking about with your friends and your neighbors. And uh, so, PT, set yourself up here. I know we heard your, your your Plinko statement at the top of each episode, but talk politics for me for a second. What's yeah. your qualifications? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've worked in politics for maybe seven years, and I've run campaigns uh city county state house and congressional and have worked at like every level for candidates democrat and republican but i primarily work with democrats as i do now at the state capitol which is why if you hear caddy make jokes at me about the um, liberal mob that's Mm -hmm. that's why that's okay when this announcement was did you did you anticipate did you suspect that this was going to be the end result pt no because doms fight it out right they like this seems I was kind of shocked because nothing was so set up about this moment that wasn't set up, you know, two weeks ago or three months ago, except for that report coming out, which I don't think anybody really read. So I was shocked. He seems like the guy that would, you know, punch it out and go whip the votes and make sure he wasn't going to lose. But you were saying, do you get a pass if you're older or if you're cuter? What I have told clients before that have been wrapped up in stuff is scandals stick if they confirm something people already suspect to be true. Like, if you'll remember, the the Joe Biden, uh, I'll use quote-unquote harassment stuff came up. It didn't really stick because people are like, oh, well, he seems fine. Yeah. Yeah, he seems fine. Like, people kind of thought this might be how he was. So when the stuff comes up, they're already there. They've traveled 90 of the t- 100 total yards to get there and believe it. So That's a great life lesson, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, if people call you things all the time, it doesn't stick. But now, if that is your underlying character, at some point, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. If, if it comes out. You know what I mean? Like, you're almost... You're you're almost like your goal is to prove people wrong in life that like, OK, your enemies can call you whatever you want, but it's like, but I'm not that. Yeah. It, it, but until it comes out... You know, yeah. Fine. Well, and some of the Joe stuff is like, well, I visited him at the White House and he hugged me for a little too long or something like that. For Cuomo, it's a workplace thing. 
right. which is a whole nother dynamic. Yeah. If you are the employer of these women, that is significantly worse than someone you, you came across in your life. And I believe all 11 of the accusers work for the state. I think that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, we have a friend, Bill Rawlings, and Bill's thing with photographs or when you're on the dance floor, if, if Bill is taking a photograph with people, women, he will put his hands wide up and especially dancing on the dance floor he'll do the same thing so that there's never a question and not because oh my god bill's gonna get mad not because he's doing anything but i thought it was hilarious when he first told me but then it kind of makes sense because he was talking about it in the realm of like taylor swift and when that happened the with DJ. the disc jockey and they took the picture and she said she was grabbed and he was like my i was my arm was just around her so you know i i do think that what's happened to our society is you have to be very aware of your personal space and boundaries at all times and that's kind of a shame sometimes because you know i'm like i like to hug but i'm not like a reach around hugger but i mean i just think you you know it's a, it, unfortunately what i didn't like that he said is that it was, basically he said optics have changed in mm -hmm. society okay no they haven't wrong has always been wrong you know it, it's kind of like again so now everything was fine until the needle moved to a new set of optics no my question is if that were your candidate and this had happened, what would you have told him to do or say in this situation in the press conference? So there are two important things here. One, if he is impeached, it bars you from running for any public office in New York for the rest of your life. So if you want any sort of future career, get out before that happens. And two, he has $18.5 million in his campaign account just sitting there. So I would have advised him, get out as early as you can, before there is a public report in the record, which of course now there is, which is a bummer for him because that's going to live forever. Uh, get out as early as you can and wait until 26, 2026. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe re things have softened up yeah, a little bit. That's, that's your when you can come back and say, you know, I've grown as a person and yeah. I've learned yada, yada, yada. And that's what that's what the Cuomo family has done. They're they're kind of survivors. They don't go away. So I, I, I guarantee you he's going to try something. Maybe he'll get his own podcast or CNN show oh. or something. Do you think that his brother Chris Cuomo from CNN had, because the story's out now that they, they spoke as recently as I think the day before yeah. he resigned. Do you think that Chris was in his ear? Because I read that, that he was telling him, you got to step down. You got to resign. I, I think he probably was. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Chris Cuomo either, just stylistically, but got to be. Got to be. Here's what, uh, here's what Cuomo said, Donna, uh, about optics. In my mind, I've never crossed the line with anyone. But I didn't realize the extent to which the line has been redrawn. There are generational and cultural shifts that I just didn't fully appreciate. And I should have. No excuses. Well, I mean, the, line's, the line is the line. You don't get to keep moving the line. But I did say what I said a minute ago when we were talking about dancing with your hands up, that I do think that things have changed. But again, harassment has always been harassment. But I, what I think has changed is women aren't putting up with and men are not putting up with this crap anymore that's where the line has changed um you know things are different things that people used to get away with because and again i hate to say this from a you know women i know this sends all the men crazy when we women get going but the point of this is, is things have changed and there was a period of time when men held the balance of power and women were afraid to say things you know, that's just how it was when you were a, a secretary, not even an executive assistant, but if you were a secretary to someone or you, you know, that's just how life worked. Not with every man, but I mean, that was the times that we lived in. Women were afraid to speak up. And now 
I think that women and men, again, both of them, people aren't afraid to speak up. And especially your generation, PT, because our generation lived for benefits, money, stability, power, power. We didn't want to lose our job. Your generation is like, I'll find another job. My integrity, my dignity, my self-worth is more important than money, power, control. And, and I, I mean, I think that. Do you do you think that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like work-life balance is super yes. important too. And especially times like we're in right now where jobs are fairly available, especially if you're a work from home person. Yeah, yeah you're, you're less willing to put up with stuff. And I think our mothers told us not to. When I right. think their mothers maybe told us, oh, that's just part of life. You're going to have to learn to deal with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. 14 days away from Cuomo stepping down. Mm-hmm. Bubba. The August menu at dinneraffair.com has orange chicken and orange beef. I ordered two of each. Be delivered Friday to our doorstep. Um, within 36 hours, Donna, a place in the order at dinneraffair.com. Our meals are going to be delivered to the front porch in, in uh, insulated bags with dry ice. So if you're at work or you're running errands or you're getting your hair and your nails done, you don't have to race home to get them. They're going to be fine for a little bit on the front porch. If you are listening anywhere outside of Atlanta in the country, Dinner Affair ships nationwide. Dinneraffair.com. Yeah, school's officially back in session, at least down here in the South. Some people in the North, or I had a friend reach out from New York that said, what are you talking about? School, yeah, school's not back here. But it's coming. So I know for us it's been a huge bonus to know that we have you know, great meals in the freezer. We've been doing one side, one side with them, you know, just something quick and easy. You can do a salad, you can do mashed potatoes, you can do grits, you can do whatever you want to do. You can do, you know, broccolini, anything, but it's one side. So again, you're not slaving over this all day long. And the great thing is you can walk in really at six o'clock at night and be ready to eat by 6.30, um, at the latest. So um, make yourself, make, make it easy on yourself. You know, you got enough going on right now with school back in session. So order and contact plus delivery and $30 off. Caddy 2021 is the promo code C-A-D-D-Y. Caddy 2021, two to three easy steps. Get dinner on the table, always 100% guaranteed, and there is no contract. Dinneraffair.com, dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com. Let's add two to the Donna and Caddy Spotify hypes on playlist. And uh, ladies first, what do you got? Okay, so I am adding uh, Chris Lane, who I really like. Wow, okay. I know. Did you know I liked him? Um, I didn't. Yeah. Well, I kind of, I really didn't know a lot about Chris Lane. I have to be honest with you. I didn't even know he was married to a former bachelorette, bachelorette, Lauren Bushnell. Like there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. But so the song that I like that kind of got me back into him and in this video, just so you know, he, um, it was his real engagement video. Did you know that? Like I didn't. Yeah. So he filmed the video and for the song, hang on, I just want to pull up because I want to make sure I get her name right. Um, it is Lauren Bushnell, right? Yeah. I don't know. I met her bucket at the yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when the, she was here with him. Yeah. So she was on The Bachelor, and so basically the song is Big Big Plans, and it's from that um same album name. And so he did. He filmed the video, and he wanted her to be in the video with him. But there's a segment of the um song where they go into their backyard, and and part of the lyric is, you know, I got down on one knee, and he gets down on one knee and asks her to marry him officially in the video. So they have that forever. Like Wait a this minute, was, so like in real time? Yes. 
So the start of the That's video, a great idea. I know, I love that. It, the start of the video was him, you know, just them kind of hanging out and having breakfast and everything. And then they went into the backyard. And when that particular line came up, he got down on one knee and asked her to marry him. So love him. Parker McCollum is an artist that's getting a lot of traction with radio right now. He is a Texan, born in Houston, uh, lives now in Austin. The single being worked right now from MCA Records is called Pretty Heart. He just released an 11-song album uh, within the past two weeks. And it's a great, great project. I'm going to add the song Rest of My Life to the playlist this episode. And it's the song that is right before uh, Pretty Heart in the uh, the lineup. Um just a great sound. I hear some, um, I know you're a big fan, Donna, of uh, Ryan Adams. Sort of, until he okay, got in trouble. Not. Well, maybe he got not. in some right. trouble. I'll take that back. Yeah. Kind of an alt-country sound. Yeah, no, but I love his music. But, yeah. but for, for Parker to be being embraced by terrestrial country radio. Big deal. Uh, it it kind of is, it is a big deal. Uh, some Towns Van Sant and uh, a little bit John Mayer when you listen to it. But love that. I, um, I bought it and, and have really enjoyed listening to it. He says, uh, listen, I was a big fan and have influence of Bob Dylan and, and Steve Earle and uh, his, he loves Pat Green. We've talked about Pat before, huge yeah. Texan artist. So um, I'll add that one. Love Parker it. McCollum, M-C-C-O-L-L-U-M, Parker McCollum, to the Spotify Hype Song playlist. The number one country song in America this week for a second week uh, is a song called Drinking Beer, Talking God, Amen. And it's by Chase Rice and in Florida, Georgia Line, join him on this song. The first number one hit for Chase was Eyes on You. Uh, Drinking Beer, Talking God, Amen is written by songwriter Corey Crowder, who is from Loganville, Georgia. So a new season of the Ben Burnett Show uh, launched this week. And Ben's a product of the Appen Podcast Network, just like we are. And Ben invited me to co-host his first episode of the new season with 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 Corey Crowder. I love that. Very unBen-like. <laughs> to, to share the spotlight? Yes. It's true. I didn't think about that. I Don. love You're that. Right. Um, Corey has written number one hits for, I mean, every one of them for Chris Young. Um, he wrote um, Famous Friends, which is the song that uh, you're hearing all over the radio right now from Kane Brown and Chris Young. And remember Famous, the song from the Yodeling Boy? Unbelievable. Morgan Ramsey? Yeah. That came out like in, in 2018? Yeah. Um, Corey wrote that song. Yeah. A lot of the Florida Georgia Line hits, he he has a deal with Tree Vibes, which is, I think, BK and Tyler's publishing yeah. arm, right? Yep. So it's a great 48-minute episode because... Corey, I learned so much. It was just a great, it was a great fun thing to be a part of. I like to learn things about artists and songwriting. And I, I learned a lot. Um, Corey was Tyler's youth minister. Crazy. Uh, when he was a young kid. Tyler Hubbard from FGL. Yes, Tinder Tyler. And, Tinder and, Tyler. And I asked Corey, because he's very, very tight with both of those guys. You know, and, and we've talked about this before. This, uh, the, the BK and Tyler having relationship problems with themselves. And I think are it was more to their anymore? wives through the political season. Yeah. There was some unfollowing on social media, yes. which caused a, a, just a, a lot of chatter. And I, I said to Corey, I said, listen, let's talk about that. Is there any truth to this? And Donna, he didn't dodge it. He, he answered it just as, as forward-like and, and honestly as he could. Are you going to make us listen to find out what he said? I am. I love that. I do have a clip, though. It's about a 90-second clip. Uh and I asked Corey Crowder about minimum wage from Blake Shelton. This is uh, Blake's latest hit. And and he he performed it for the first time back in January on NBC's, whatever they call the New Year's celebration on NBC uh, with Carson Daly. And um, I, I you're going to learn a lot from this clip. All right. Check this out. This is Corey Crowder who wrote Minimum Wage, talking about the song that you're hearing now on radio 
uh, by, uh, by Blake Shelton. Th- this is why, Ben, I love having conversations with songwriters because right now for the first time, you're hearing the true story of a song that when it was released in January, there was some backlash about this song. And now knowing, Corey, that it was personal to you and that you, how many years ago did you write it? I mean, if you had it on hold two and a half, three years, how long ago did I, I you write it? I wrote it three years ago. Okay. So, so this is your story. Now, the backlash, there was some. I mean, you would have to agree with me, right, Corey? Oh, yeah. It was played on New Year's Eve, and, and it was during the time where, like, there was lots of controversy about minimum wage and what, where we're going to raise it, where are people getting stimulus checks. I mean, everybody was freaking out in the and, world. And, you and know? people said that it's insensitive, especially, you know, people have lost their jobs due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and people were, you know, I remember seeing on social media, Blake Sheldon has a net worth of $100 million and, and Gwen <laughs> Stefani. Uh, you know, people thought the, sum, the song was about her. Now we're learning the song was about your damn wife. Yeah. But Gwen Stefani's yeah, worth $150 million. Blake Shelton, shame on you. How can you sing about minimum wage, you son of a bitch, during the pandemic? <laughs> but here we're hearing for the first time, or I'm hearing anyway, and it makes perfect sense now. So there was it, no there was no need for this backlash. But people, No, and, and here's the thing. Blake, people forget. Blake was poor. Sure. Blake played He played for five people in bars. He did all that, too. And I think that's why he connected to the song so much is because he related to the story of going of having somebody and going. It's not about it's not about making a bunch of money. It's just about, you know, it's loves the important thing. And he related to it and loved that. And I don't even think he realized it was personal to me. Maybe he still doesn't. I don't know. He's but, a, he's about to. This is going to be a huge interview. <laughs> I love that. that. Seriously, man, that's um, that's a great story. And it's a backstory that you only hear from the person who put pen to paper and actually uh, cobbled the song together and learning today that it was a very, very personal story about Corey uh, and his wife. And, and people, again, just assumed that someone had written it three months before Blake performed it on New Year's Eve. And that's anything but the case. This had nothing to do with. Uh, literally the minimum wage in the United States and had certainly nothing to do with the pandemic and COVID-19. So uh, thanks for sharing that, man. That's a great story. A lot of stuff like that in the episode. You know, I think is fascinating about that is kind of what we talked about the other day with songwriters. It's like, you know, when a, when a performer sings a song, you're thinking about the performer singing it. Like, okay, so you have Tim McGraw singing a song. You're like, like angry all the time. Perfect example. Love that song um, from set the circus down. But when you're hearing it, you're like, dang, I always knew him and, faith had something had going on. Yeah, well or something going on behind the scenes had, yeah, yeah. nothing nothing, nothing. Yeah, yeah. like because whoever the writer was it's it's their story you know so interesting the ben burnett show available everywhere you land your pods coming up next a 20 second pop culture trivia showdown you can't be jack play along in the car or wherever you are maybe you're exercising do whatever you want i was up at gallery furniture and um uh, they have the uh i'm gonna have to look at my camera roll but those those seats donna that, that stand up and let you fall out of the chair the sit and recline. Hang on. What, it just like launches you? Yes. Really? Yes, because I thought about getting one for our mothers. Oh. Um, hang on. Is that if you have poor circulation? These are them right there. They just kind of, they just kind of. Oh, yeah. They just slide you out of the yeah, chair. That's, it like brings you up vertically and then and then you're gone. That's a challenge yes. for an elderly person, yeah. Uh, but they have rows up in there. If you have, if your parents need a little help getting up, it's called the, uh, the lift chair. I love it's that. Called. The uh, power lift. A power lift, lift, yeah. Sleep, sit, and stand. And the chair helps you to stand. I like it. 
Okay. But you know what's great about it is it looks like a regular recliner. It's right. a nice looking chair. Well, it's not standing up and helping yeah. you stand. I think that they probably have, the gallery furniture probably has the best selection of recliners of anyone in the state of Georgia. I mean, they have so many. And again, we've talked about this before. You have to understand they also, aside from the main showroom where you see everything, there is a whole nother warehouse full of furniture. So if there's anything you need, they're going to have it covered for you. They're not going to have to order it. It's not coming on a slow boat from you know where. It just, it's just it's not caught up in the water. It can't get through the Suez Canal. All of these excuses you're hearing from major retailers right now. COVID. Oh, we don't, you know, we don't have enough people working. We can't get enough people to deliver your furniture. They have got you covered. Find it on the showroom floor. You can take it home. And and Donna pointed out two dining sets that she could she just can't keep in stock. And they have a handful of them right now. And it's the uh, what is the higher dining room table called? It's um, like a cafe ca- table. Countertop. Countertop table. Countertop, which mm-hmm. is, I think, three, four inches. sits taller than it, your your traditional dining room set. But they have uh, both of them in stock. Beautiful wood finishes. Um, and, and and they're on the showroom floor. So you can you can load them up and take them home today. Financing is available. Donna and Marilyn and Shane and the entire gallery furniture crew are going to work with you. 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. Askforthewolfman.com. You can play with yourself in the car. It's a round of You Can't Beat Jack, a 20-second pop culture trivia showdown. And we say hi to uh, Paula Holler from North Carolina. Paula is a super spreader pod peep, meaning she is like uh, Donna at the, we talked about MLMs last episode. Uh, Paula's at the peak, the very top. Yeah, she is due her um, Bronco, her Ford Bronco. Like she's moved to the next level. How are you? I'm good, and you can ship those keys any day. Okay. I'll I'll accept it gladly. I'll even put a, you know, magnet or bumper sticker with you know. I break for beavers. With my second act, I'm good. We love that. That's a good old Southern <laughs> name, Paula Holla. Paula right. Holla. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Paula and I graduated high school together back in 1991. I know PT. <laughs> We're old. <laughs> We are um, old. And um, We're so old. have remained in touch. And, and, and you lived here in Atlanta uh, for how many years? I did. I was there for about five years. I had both my kids in Atlanta. And we would get the kids together and, and have dinner and all that kind of stuff. And then you're back in Western North Carolina now. But we appreciate your support up there. And um, you, you had a message for Donna about the category. Uh-oh. Do you not oh, like my category? Yeah. I listen to this all the time. And I'm like, Donna, you say it really slow the first time through, which burns out the time. And then when Caddy gets on, you speed it up so he gets more questions. So come on, girl. Okay, Paul, I'm, I'm going to do this gotta fairly. do it evenly. Oh, my gosh. I'm Paula being, texted me that this morning. And I said, you know what? I'll let you share that note with her. <laughs> okay. I, you know I love you, Donna. I, I love will you. take it all in. I will take it in. I receive that, as they say on The Housewives. I receive that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So know, I'm receiving that. Know that in the studio here at the App and Podcast Network, 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta and Alpharetta, Georgia, I'm wearing my You Don't Know Jack t-shirt that you bought when you were at the beach for like the eighth time this summer uh, from, <laughs> yes. from Krabby yes. Jacks along the Grand Strand mm-hmm. of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I appreciate it. It's very nice. It's uh, it's uh, I wear it with pride. You're welcome. We need to see a picture of it. We'll do that. You got to wear that much pride. All right, last time we played on the podcast, uh, Brag Vaughn, if you remember, I had a 13-1 record going for months, months. And then, uh, well, Brag won. So the record is 0-1. 
on the tally board here in the studio, thanks to uh, to Bragg. So we're ready, Donna. How about uh, category, maybe a test question? Okay, so the category is, the caddy category, you like that? Um, I like that. Is Olympics, because the Olympics just wrapped up, and I thought we could come up with some good Olympic questions. Hang on, I'm looking for my questions. Here we go. Okay, so the test question for both of you is, who lit the Olympic torch at the 1996 Atlanta Summer Games? I know that one. I know that one. Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, right? Muhammad That's right. Ali. That's right. Okay. See, y'all are going to do great. We're going to do great, Paula. Yeah, they need to all be that easy. Okay, and I'm going to read at the same speed. Okay, here we go. So, uh, Paula, if you get more questions right than uh, Cadillac Jack, you're going to win. If Cadillac Jack gets more questions right than you, he wins. And remember, all ties go to Cadillac Jack because it's not called You Can't Tie Jack. It's called what, Paula? What, what? You can't. Nope, you don't know Jack. <laughs> you can't beat Jack. That's right. Okay, so. Or you don't know Jack. I don't know what it is. <laughs> we're off to a roaring start here. So today's category <laughs> is Olympics. Okay, it is not fair for Cadillac Jack to hear the questions I'm about to ask you. So why don't you ask him to leave the studio? Bye, Caddy. Get on out of there, baby doll. You got to go. All right, Paula Lou. He is out. And the 22nd timer will start after I ask the first question, and remember, if you don't know the answer, you can say pass because quite 20 second timer will go fast. Are you ready? I guess. Ugh, All right, listen, you're going to do great. This. Okay, ready. <laughs> Here we go. You got the timer going? Here we go. Question number one What Romanian gymnast was the first person to score a perfect 10? Uh, Nadia Comaneci. Number two, who was the mascot for the 1996 Atlanta Olympic Games? Oh, pass. The movie, question number three, the movie Cool Runnings was based on what country's Olympic bobsled team? Jamaica. What athlete has been called the fastest man in the world and has the nickname Lightning Bolt? Usain Bolt. Good job, Paul. There you go. Yeah, so y'all had, I wasn't in Atlanta in 96, so y'all got a little. That's okay. That that's okay. He's not going to know that. Did Paula suck? No, she got three right. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, as, as like long ago as last night, you were complaining about the category and how poorly you thought you were going to do. Okay. Well, yeah. All right, Cadillac Jack, yes, I have to read them at the same pace. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Well, here we go. Question number one. What Romanian gymnast was the first person to score a perfect 10? Pass. Question number two. Who was the mascot for the 1996 Izzy. Atlanta Olympic Games? Question number three. The movie Cool Runnings was based on what country's Olympic bobsled team? Yugoslavia. Question number four. What athlete has been called the fastest man in the world and has the nickname Lightning Bolt? Uh, Usain Bolt. Question. Mm, okay. Are you, are you sure, PT? Yes, he is sure. Paul, he I think is you may sure. have done it. I think you may have done it, Paul. Okay, question number one. What Romanian gymnast was the first person to score a perfect 10? Namanandi Carici. You didn't get that right. Paula did. Nadia Comaneci. I was close. Do I get half credit for... Okay, so that's one for Paula, zero for you so far. Okay, question... She takes, she takes great glee in this. Question right. number two. Who was the mascot for the 1996 Atlanta Olympic Games? Izzy. Izzy, you got that yeah. right. What a train wreck. I didn't know that one. She didn't know that, so y'all are one and one. Question number three. The movie Cool Runnings was based on what country's Olympic bobsled team? Well, it would have been Winter Olympics, right? Bobsled? Yeah. Um, Canada? Paul, oh, tell him, Paula. Jamaica. Yeah, she got that right. You uh -huh. didn't, so it's two and one. Okay, question number four. What athlete has been called the fastest man in the world and has the nickname Lightning Bolt? Usain. Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt. We both got it, I bet. Yeah, yep. we got that one. So what is that? Three, three, right? 
No, 3-2. 3-2. Three, two. Three, two. She beat you. Yes. That's right, because you didn't know Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaica. All right, Paula, you yes. won. Okay, let's finish that. Let me give you the last question. Uh, okay. Sucks. The upcoming Winter Olympics are being held in Shanghai. True or false? Uh, is that China true? Nope, that's false. Beijing. 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 That's Beijing. A, that was yeah, a sneaky I had no one. Idea. Okay, and the last question, number six. The 1980 Winter Olympics had what is now known as the Miracle on Ice. The United States mounted a huge comeback to beat what country? I no clue. Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh. I was too little. Yeah, Did y'all not I see was, that I movie? Was only, I was the Disney seven. movie? We weren't as old as you, Donna. Oh, okay. Well, Brett, <laughs> PT knows I'm it. I'm just kidding. You know I love you. Okay, so Paula, you yes. get to say those magical words. I don't even know what those just, are. You know what? We're not going to worry about Because not many people beat him. We're going to roll on. The magical words are, my name is Paula Hala, Hala, and I just beat... Jack. Jack. Well, my name is Paula Holler, and I just beat my friend Jack. Yeah. All right. Oh, and one. PT. Are you going to drive up with the uh, Bronco? Yeah, I'm or supposed you to come bring that clean Mama's here? gutters out here pretty soon. Yeah, just show <laughs> up for that. Mm -hmm. He'll have your car. PT, if awesome. you make the O and one, make that one and two, I guess, as I fall to O and two with uh, Paula, and you can't beat Jack. Twenty seconds. Culture it. trivia showdown. All that right, was well, fair a, and square. Have a great school year. I found up. You know, Facebook is is my biggest place to find comedic relief right now and yes. misty posted on facebook this time tomorrow i'll be beaching it bags are packed and all these like palm tree emojis and shit and you know i just want to i just want to say like comment misty dear misty i hope that you get carried off to sea by riptide you know well good heavens well it's just like let's let's do not everybody can go to the beach misty right now with you your bags are packed and i get that but let's 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 keep that to ourselves maybe you know i'm happy for i'm happy for other people Okay. It's bad I'm ready to go back to the beach. Of course you are. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, I'll tell you, you folks, I said hello, and we appreciate your uh, your support and being a, a super spreader of the My Second Act podcast. And it's always great to talk to you and text you and uh, take care of yourself, okay? All right. You too. Love you guys. All Way right. to go, Paula. Have a great school year. Thank you. Oh, and two we go with You Can't Be Jack. She took you down. She did. And took I'm telling you, you, down. when I reached out to her last week, I think, to line this up, like, She's been so excited. And then when I told her the category, Olympics, I mean, she was just despondent. I mean, she was like, I don't know that I want to do it now. Really? Yeah. Well, you and, don't, that, that, that's not how this works. Yeah. You don't get to pick whether you want to participate or not based on the category. She did great. Did you not think my questions were fabulous? Were on, on fleek, on spot, fleek on or whatever I the kids say. I am telling you. If I, you my are. My fit. Uh -huh. That's what the kids say. The fit was good, right? My <laughs> fit was good. If you're up for the can't beat Jack challenge, you can reach out to me on social media at ATL Cadillac on Twitter. Uh, if you if you suddenly see pictures of of kitty cats and uh, video games and and asses, mm -hmm. uh, I've been hacked again. It's not me retweeting asses on my official verified Twitter account. It's really crazy. It, it happens about three times a week. Yeah. Uh, on Instagram at ATL Cadillac Jack and uh, Cadillac Jack Podcast on Facebook. Audio for this episode from the Ben Burnett Show, the ABC Television Network, IMB TV in ABC7 New York City. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. This episode of My Second Act, produced by Preston Thompson, host of the Georgia Politics Podcast and the Drafted Podcast. Both are produced through the Appen Podcast Network. You get new episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Whoa!